welcome to The Rest Stop. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. Today, we're talking about muffler men. Muffler men are large, molded fiberglass sculptures that are placed as advertising icons, roadside attractions, or for decoration, mostly in the United States. Roadside businesses used these giant statues and neon signage to differentiate themselves in an era before two-lane highways were bypassed by freeways. The very first figure was a Paul Bunyan character designed to hold an axe. It was created by Bob Pruitt in 1962 for the Paul Bunyan Cafe on Route 66 in Flagstaff, Arizona, at his company Pruitt Fiberglass Animals. Boat builder Steve Dashu then purchased the business in 1963 and renamed it International Fiberglass. Since the mold of that original Paul statue already existed, it was easy for the company to manufacture more large statues with slight modifications. The original Paul's hands were arranged in order to have him holding an axe, and therefore the statues are often seen holding various items. Derivatives were used to hold things like full-sized car mufflers, thus the muffler man name, or other items like tires to promote various roadside businesses. Thousands of these figures were created in the 60s and 70s. As businesses closed or were sold, the figures would often be repainted and adapted to represent different characters or relocated. They've become sport mascots, chefs, cowboys, soldiers, pirates, astronauts, and more. Other non-human figures were also produced. You might be familiar with the fiberglass dinosaurs found outside Sinclair gas stations, for example. In fact, in the 1990s TV series Dinosaurs, you know, the one with the animatronic dinos, the last name of the family is Sinclair, as a reference to the oil corporation. The company adopted a dinosaur as its logo because of the now-rejected belief that petroleum deposits were formed during the age of the dinosaurs. I'm not going to do an imitation of the baby from dinosaurs right here because it would be too jarring and also I'm terrible at impressions. But feel free to imagine him saying not the mama or I'm the baby, gotta love me in your head if you want. Increases in costs to deliver the figures proved problematic and business declined with the 1973 oil crisis. International fiberglass was sold and closed permanently in 1976, and the original molds were lost or destroyed, but many muffler men still remain. I'll talk about a few different ones here. I've pulled some of the information from Roadside America, which is the place credited with coining the muffler man name in the 1990s and uncovering their history. In my home state of Illinois, along Route 66, you can find the Gemini giant wearing a wonderful green jumpsuit. Named after the Gemini space program, this guy holds a silver rocket ship in his hands and has an astronaut space helmet that resembles a welding mask. He stands 30 feet tall outside of the launching pad drive-in restaurant. Back in 1960, the owners of a Dairy Delight restaurant bought this 438-pound fiberglass figure for $3,500. 
The restaurant now also features a gift and travel shop and a mini Americana museum. For my fellow Star Trek nerds out there, you can find a Spock muffler man in Salt Lake City, Utah. Or rather, half of him. A Spock torso and head sit on top of the Rainbow Neon Sign Co., while his legs reportedly can be spotted hanging out next to the building. He was originally a mobile gas station muffler man, but was repainted as Spock to honor Leonard Nimoy after his death in 2015. Live long and prosper. Meanwhile, in Pennsylvania, you can find a giant Amish man named Famous Amos. Here I'll read from page 152 of the book Weird Pennsylvania by Matt Lake. For more than 40 years, a 15-foot-tall Amish man with disproportionately huge hands stood guard over the front door to Zinn's Modern Diner in Denver, Lancaster County. Christian and Margaret Zinn put up this giant red-shirted man in characteristic Lancaster County dress to catch the eye of the Amish-crazed tourists. After a few years, the Zins got more ambitious and installed a talking Amos. Visitors would press a button, and tapes of atrocious jokes in an exaggerated Pennsylvania Dutch accent would play back through a speaker located in Amos's beard. If you listened to the Paul Bunyan episode, you know how much I love a giant talking man. I'm also a fan of the Philly pronunciation of water, the Wawa convenience store chain, and tasty cakes. Did anyone else learn about butterscotch crimpets from the book Maniac McGee by Jerry Spinelli? I had a specific and wrong mental image of what a crimpet might look like far before I ever ate one. Much like I envisioned something very different when I read about Turkish delight in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I'm far from the only person who's interested in these giants. Next, we'll hear from a fellow enthusiast, Shelley, who runs the Paul Bunyan Muffler Man Project on Instagram. Hi, my name is Shelley, and I love muffler men. I started taking pictures of muffler men. In 2009, I live in the Midwest, so every time I would drive around and go on road trips, there was always a giant statue or Paul Bunyan or some other roadside weird thing for me to see, and it just became a hobby to start taking pictures of every muffler man I saw, and now I collect photos of them and I seek them out. I have taken pictures of about 60 muffler men in 20 different states, mostly on the West Coast, in the Midwest, and in the South. And I want to tell you about some of my favorite muffler men that I've encountered over the years. My favorite muffler man, the first muffler man I ever saw, is the Jolly Rogers Pirate Muffler Man in Ocean City, Maryland. He is 20 feet tall. Um, he's originally a Paul Bunyan muffler man, but he is now dressed up to look like a pirate. I have never taken a picture with this muffler man. I saw him a lot when I was a kid, when I would go on vacation to Ocean City. He stands at the entrance to the Jolly Roger amusement park 
When I was a kid, I always associated him with fun and vacation and rides and the beach. I think that that might be why I love muffler men so much, because I have that association from my childhood with the Jolly Roger pirate muffler man. I hope that one day soon I can get back to Maryland where I grew up and I can take a picture with him um, to celebrate my newfound love of muffler men. Another muffler man that I love a lot is the Paul Bunyan muffler man who is in Brooklyn, Michigan. And that's the closest muffler man to where I live right now. It's about an hour away from me. He stands at the entrance to Knutson's Sporting Goods Store. I love that I can visit him a lot. I take my friends there. I had my engagement photos taken there. The family that owns Knutson's takes really good care of him. He's always got a nice paint job and is always in good condition. Usually he holds an American flag in his hand, but at Christmas he holds a big Christmas tree, so that's a lot of fun. And he used to be in the Irish Hills area. Um, Brooklyn, Michigan is in the Irish Hill area of Michigan, and it used to be a big tourist area. And so kind of like Route 66, there were all these roadside attractions in the area. There's a dinosaur park, a go-kart park, an old west town. But a lot of these attractions have fallen into disrepair since the highway, you know, was put in. So the muffler man that's at Knutson's used to stand at one of those attractions. Um, but once they closed down, they moved him to the sporting goods store. I also appreciate that the family that owns the Brooklyn, Michigan muffler man really seems to love him. They take good care of him. And my friend who knows the family took me out to their house at Christmas time and they have a Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox Christmas display at their house. So I'm glad that he's very appreciated and I'm glad to have a muffler man that is so close by. Another one of my favorite muffler men is Big Ed, who stands at Cummings Plumbing in Tucson, Arizona. My father lived in Arizona for 20 years. Big Ed was very close to his house, less than 10 miles away. He's right on I-10 between Tucson and Phoenix, going out of town if you're heading north. That's a lot of fun because he's right on the highway, very easy to see. Normally, he is dressed in blue and red attire for the University of Arizona. That's the University of Arizona colors. But at Christmas time, they dress him as Santa and he holds a big candy cane. And at Halloween, they dress him as Frankenstein when a business or you know people who own a muffler man will have fun with it and dress them up for various themes. Um, I really enjoy that. I also like that they care a lot about their muffler man. He is on the logo for the business and on all of their trucks. So when you see their trucks driving around town, the Cummings Plumbing trucks in Tucson, Arizona, you always see Big Ed. So that always makes me happy. The last muffler man that I really love that I want to talk about is Buck Adam. 
and he is one of the newest muffler men. He's a space cowboy, which is really cool. There's nothing better than a space cowboy. There are cowboy muffler men, and there are space muffler men, but this is the only space cowboy that I know. He was commissioned by Mary Beth Babcock in Tulsa, Oklahoma on Route 66. She runs a um, souvenir and gift store in the area and wanted to honor the Route 66 roots of her business. And she teamed up with Joel Baker of American Giants and Mark Klein of Enchanted Castle Studios. And Mark Klein has one of the original Mufflerman molds. So he is able to restore muffler men and make new ones. And so she was able to get a design that really fit the vibe of her store. Buck Adam is the name of her store, and that's also a character that she kind of came up with. So now we have this beautiful new muffler man who is the embodiment of the spirit of her store and the spirit of Route 66. The only time that I have gotten to visit Buck... I was able to meet Mary Beth, and I was able to meet Scott Farmer, who is a sculptor who does miniature sculptures of mufflermen. His business is Sculpture Island, so if you're ever looking for your own muffler-man for your own home, you can look for Scott at Sculpture Island, and it was really fun. It was a great chance encounter to get to meet them. We talked about mufflermen for really hours on end. And it was really magic for a muffler man to bring some new friends into my life. So I will always love Buck for that reason. Those are a couple of my favorite muffler men that I have encountered in the decade, um, a bit more than a decade, that I have been um, seeking them out and exploring the muffler man universe. If you want to see more of my photos or learn more about muffler men, my Instagram account is at the Paul Bunyan Muffler Man Project. Thanks so much for sharing, Shelley. Maybe it's basic of me, but one of my favorite muffler men is Chicken Boy, otherwise known as the Statue of Liberty of Los Angeles. While he was originally a lumberjack, the owner of a fried chicken restaurant in downtown Los Angeles hired an artist to customize the figure they got from the International Fiberglass Company. Instead of the head of a man, Chicken Boy's head is, well, a chicken. The arms were reworked to face forward and hold a bucket, and the iconic statue remained in place until 1984 when the restaurant owner died. After this, his fate was in question. Designer Amy Inouye rescued him, but ended up having to place him in storage for what turned out to be 20 years. After a long and involved fundraising and awareness campaign, he finally found a home in Highland Park at 5558 North Figueroa. He was even recognized by California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger with the Governor's Historic Preservation Award in 2010. Here I'll read a bit about some Chicken Boy projects from a handy PDF that you can find at chickenboy.com titled The True Story of Chicken Boy. Chicken Boy the movie took three filmmakers from Columbus, Ohio to bring the saga to the screen 
The 25-minute extravaganza recounts how the fiberglass big guy is brought to life by the harmonic convergence of 1987, more on that later, and has a series of adventures all around Los Angeles, culminating in his becoming a blues accordion-playing singing sensation. Naturally, we thought this would lead to a studio development deal. It did lead to some fantastic friendships, several jam-packed and fun-filled screenings. In San Francisco, it took five showings to accommodate the overflow crowd, a couple of late-night showings on the Learning Channel, and a few PBS affiliates. During the same time, San Francisco-based Those Darn Accordions recorded the Chicken Boy Polka, featured on their awesome 1991 album, available on iTunes. Okay, back to the harmonic convergence. The period known as the harmonic convergence is defined as the point at which the counterspin of history finally comes to a momentary halt, and the still imperceptible spin of post-history commences. It was the fulfillment of the prophecy of Quetzalcoatl, known as the Thirteen Heavens and Nine Hells. The prophecy states that following the ninth hell, humanity would experience an unprecedented new age of peace. The hell cycle ended on August 16, 1987. The harmonic convergence began on August 17. Thus began the projected 25-year culmination of the 5,125-year Great Cycle of History, as well as the 26,000-year Cycle of Evolution, both slated to end in 2012. Sadly, it hasn't worked out as prophesied, but there's still time, everyone. In this same PDF, it specifies that Chicken Boy was hatched on September 1st, 1969, making him a Virgo. I now desperately wish to know the signs of every single muffler man. At the end of this episode, you can hear a delightful song called Happy Birthday Chicken Boy, written and performed by Chelsea Spear. You can find her music at travelswithbrindle.bandcamp.com. I've also linked to it in the episode description. These giants inspire some true devotion. Part of what interests me is their history and the feeling of a bygone era where we traveled by car more, when you could get your kicks on Route 66 and be romanced by giant neon signs beckoning you to come and see what you can buy inside. But I've also always loved a misfit. In the 1964 Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer stop-motion TV special, Rudolph and friends travel to the island of misfit toys, where they find a community of wrong, broken, or forgotten toys that just want to find a loving home. To me, the muffler men feel like misfits here in 2021. Giants sticking out like a sore thumb, some abandoned, some searching for a good home for many years, trying on different identities to see what sticks. I just want them to find where they belong after so many years of delighting everyone who sees them. Do you have a favorite muffler man? Have you visited some interesting ones? Did I get something wrong? Do you have a roadside attraction you want to hear an episode about? Please write me an email at reststoppod at gmail.com. That's R-E-S-T-S-T-O-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. And I might read it on our next episode. I plan to do another episode about muffler men, since there are just so many of them, so I'd love to hear which ones you want me to cover that I haven't already. 
you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at reststoppod. That's R-E-S-T-S-T-O-P-P-O-D. And if you're enjoying the show, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. See you in two weeks. Bye. Liberty of the West Coast